Good morning. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Cargo Margo, the place where we talk about all things sales, supply chain, and entrepreneurship. Really excited to have you here today. We have a special guest who is also a sales expert. And so we're going to dive deep into uh, sales war stories and how to really level up our sales game. So let's give a warm welcome to Jeff Siebert. Hey, guys. Hey, Jeff. Glad to be oh, here. Awesome. No, thank you so much for being here. So where are you streaming from? New Orleans. Nice. Yeah. Very exciting. And so, you know, everyone, please let us know where you guys are streaming in from. I want to hear uh, where you're tuning in from. You know, I'm here in Long Beach, California, and I mentioned earlier, Jeff, it's pouring rain out there. So it's pretty wild. I had an appointment in Newport Beach this morning, and it took me an hour and a half. You know, I just... That's I. Wild. It, it drizzles and we start freaking out. I don't know if you guys are used right. to it or not, but, but yeah. So tell me, how, how did you get into sales? Is it something that you've always wanted to pursue or is it something that you kind of just landed into? No, I was kind of, so Hurricane Katrina hit. I was in college and I put a stop to school and the owners of a company that my dad worked for recruited me when that happened to come work for them. And uh, it started kind of at the bottom. I started backwards in management, service level management. And I was there for about six years and I said, man, this, this isn't it. You know, it was kind of that nine to five, go into the office, work hourly. I was like, this, there has to be something more. So after about six years, I went to my dad and I said, look, I'm, I'm going to go look for a sales job. I, I, there's, I like talking to people, I like meeting people. I think that's me. And he kind of said, well, good luck, go see what you can do. Well, I found one pretty quickly and uh, he came back and countered. And so I ended up going to work for him. And we worked together for 16 years. I was worked in uh, sales, outside sales. And uh, that's kind of how my journey started. It, it, it wasn't something from a young age I, I knew I was going to do. But as soon as I got in and I knew it's what I wanted to do, I was, I was out. I was meeting people. I was shaking hands. I always talk about even virtually shaking hands if you're on LinkedIn or whatever. It's just I love meeting new people. And that's, that's a great way to do it. Um, and I like to kind of crack the, that code, which I'm sure we'll get into, of, of you know, meeting people and, and filling the needs and all that. So yeah, that's kind of that's how my exciting. journey started. You know, what's really cool about that, Jeff, is that it sounds like your dad really inspired you to get into sales and my dad inspired me to get into sales. So yeah. you have that in common. And he was a great mentor as well. He's great at sales. So it was easy transition. And isn't that cool? Because you can share and bounce ideas off of each sure. other and there is no judgment. No, not at all. And it's, and it's like you said, it's like that comfort blanket, right? You can go there and share your mistakes or your shortfalls or bounce ideas off of them. And like you said, it's, it's, it just a, gives you that, that comfort to grow. Um, so that was really helpful because of course, you know, I jumped in and thinking I knew everything like every young 20 something year old. And, uh, you know, there's a, there was a bit of a learning curve, but yeah. So tell me what has it been like in sales? Was it what you expected when you first started? And I know that when we start out with a company and organization and we're trying to refine our pitch, it could be, it could be interesting. You know, we could trip yeah. over ourselves, our words. And so sure. tell me, share, share your experience. We're, we're interested. Yeah. You know, that was a part that I kind of had to learn on my own. Um, and like you said, you kind of show up almost unprepared because you don't have this practice. And at times it can almost be a little embarrassing and then you kind of just find your footing. And so for me, um, I did lean on some people, but for me, it was more of just getting more comfortable face to face. You know, when I tell people when they first start in sales, you know, 
don't worry about getting rejected. That's, that's, that's what you need to worry about the least is just go in there and get comfortable with yourself. And once you get comfortable with yourself, everything else will kind of fall in place. Um, now, Jeff, to be comfortable with yourself, you have to be self-aware, right? Because I'm thinking sure. you're going to reflect on those conversations so that you can fine tune your game. But to do that, you have to be self-aware. So how do you or what did you do to become more self-aware so that you could be reflective? You know, one of the things I did is as soon as I left a customer, I had a notepad and I would take notes. I would take notes on, did it feel right? Did it, did I feel like it went right? Uh, and then I would, if I, if I didn't get a second opportunity, I would, I would go back and write down, you know, what I felt like I did wrong. What could I do better? Um, time dates. Um, and I would kind of critique myself. Um, and that's, that's until I got comfortable enough to where I didn't have to do that anymore. It just, you know, a sales pitch just became, of course, the customer, every customer is different, but you became comfortable. But at first that was the big thing is I kind of kept the journal, so to speak of every customer I called on and then what worked, what didn't work, um, you know, and, and that, it kind of helped me lead me down that path of, you know, one of the biggest things you can do is just listen. And in the beginning, you're kind of nervous and you're, you're feeling your way and you do more talking and listening. So yeah, that, that's. I would say that's one thing I did was just writing down in that in the beginning, whether it was probably the first six months to a year, every person I called on and how the experience went, good or bad. That is probably one of the hottest tips I've heard, Jeff, because we all do call notes, but sure. they're typically focused on our potential client. Yep. Not ourselves. Yep. And so to add a couple line items to your call notes that are focused on the customer, but then also focus those notes, additional notes on yourself. Yep. No, no doubt. I mean, like I said, especially if it's something that it's kind of new that you're trying to learn, even, even, even if it's not new, even if you're, um, you're well into your career and then you just kind of want to refine it. I mean, I just think that's, it's something my mom taught me a long time ago is whatever you're focused on, write it down and go back and study it. And I I just think it's very important. Like I said, it, it kind of, it, it showed me six months or a year in that the roads to kind of stop going down or what are things I was leaning to that I should back off or push harder. So yeah, I think that's definitely something that helped me early on. So it sounds like you have an excellent supportive family and they're very inspirational. Is there anyone else maybe outside of your family that has inspired you or continues to inspire you today? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure. Um, you know, Family, yes, but I, I, I'm not a guy that I'll be honest. I don't pick up a book. I don't. I'm not. I don't read a sales book. Um, I think a lot of that is kind of subjective in a way, and it doesn't always fit uh, every industry or what people are doing. Um, so, and I, I get on TikTok sometimes, and I see some of these sales tips, and I'm just like, Lord have mercy. But um, so, <laughs> so, uh, it, but no. So I, I guess you know, inspiration was more like I said, you know, family and, and friends and things like that. There's not any. I didn't have any kind of mentor or anything, and it was you know, I was kind of in a way I was kind of thrown to the wolves. But at the same time, my dad kind of watched over my back, which was neat because I got you know, I got a little bit of both worlds of of. So that was pretty cool. No, I I feel that you know, there's there's a lot of great books out there and podcasts, articles, whatnot, but then. You know, it's really interesting when you dive into who these authors are, because there was a book that I, I and I'm not going to put them on blast, I really enjoyed. And then I, when I dove deep into it, I I felt unsure, but then I learned that that person had never even made a sales call. Yeah. Yeah. Or just the common sales books, like the one, two, three steps to sales and you open it up and it's like, 
and look, if that's if that is somebody's version of you know getting to become great in sales or getting comfortable in their own skin, go for it. I just for me, it was like, man, you can't take these you know laws of sales and just hand it to anybody, and that makes them a good salesperson. You know, to me, I think a lot of it is your personality, I, and I don't. Some of it can be taught, a lot of it cannot be taught. I've seen people go into sales that chew them up and spit them out. And I've seen people that went, went to sales and they did great and they didn't think they were going to do great. So I just, uh, some of that, you know, I just don't, I, I love talks like this because I think it helps people because it's more real, you know, like I'm just, the, the book thing is uh, sometimes I'm just like, man, I, I don't go by the, well, we won't put them on blast, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring up relationships and personality types. This is interesting. And I heard someone speak about this on war games, Joe Ingram, he's a sales coach. I follow him and he's, he's pretty inspirational to me. And they were talking about aligning your sales personality and the way that you sell with your prospects personality. I thought it was really interesting because you could try to be everything to everyone, but there's going to be a percentage of people out there that just don't feel that chemistry that you want them to feel. So right. Yeah. You have to adapt, right? Um, everybody's different. You know, you and I, if we sat down and had a cup of coffee, we're not going to agree on everything. And, and some customers are, are in the world's different than you. Some of them, they have two minutes. Some of them want to talk to you for two hours. Some of them have the same interests. Some of them have totally different interests and you have to adapt to that. No, it's, it's so right. So, uh, and, and how do you, of, how do you, how do you adapt yeah. to it? Right. So I have my own ideas I'm thinking of, and I, but how, how do you do that? It's, is it, you know, reading- for me, every, every customer is a little different. You know, I'll, I'll give you a, a, one of my, stories I tell young salespeople all the time. It was great. There was a guy who was trying to get his business. I called on him for three years and I didn't know his schedule. So I, I, I would show up early in the morning. He was at breakfast. I didn't know that. I would show up around lunchtime. He was at, he would go meet his friends for lunch. So anyway, now I was like, well, what's my next way in? Well, I got to know his secretary. And for two and a half, three years, I sat there for an hour and talked to his secretary every time I went, had to hear her stories about her cat rescue and all that the 14 cats she has in her apartment, sat there with a big smile on my face. Like I was totally interested. She was a great woman. And anyway, so that built that relationship till one day she gained my trust. And then it, she said, well, look, um, this is the time he's going to be in the office. And I'm going to tell him to call you. And he called me two minutes later. Uh, and, and so again, just adapting. And then if, if it is somebody you're going to sit down face to face, I mean, Listening is the big thing, right? Listen, listen to what they're saying. And, and some people, you, they want you to talk more. Some want you to talk less. Uh, and once you've got to kind of get a feel for that, you can, you can, I, I kind of like to let the first five minutes of the conversation go their way so I can feel, are they more abrasive? Are they less abrasive? Do they not like salespeople? Am I, I feel like I'm wasting their time. And then that's the direction you can go with it. Uh, you know, and then I have, I have a question for you, Jeff, and I, I yep. apologize I interrupted you, but I, I'll forget. So you are taking all of this in. Yeah. Are you looking at their nonverbal too? How are you determining whether or not they're feeling it? Absolutely. Uh, I was in a sales call last year with a guy and I was letting him do the talking and I looked at the customer, his body language just said he was done. He was checked out. He was, <laughs> this guy was talking too much. And um, so I interrupted him. And I stopped and I said, listen, I, I know we're, we're going to end it right here. You, you have the information you need. And we walked out and I told the guy, I said, man, you went way too long. I said, you didn't pick up what, you know, he, he slouched. He started, he, he was looking at his cell phone. He was totally disconnected from the conversation. 
He said, no, I didn't get that. I said, man, you have to pick up on those cues, not just like you said, verbal cues, but you have to pick up on the, their body language. Um, and he just missed it. He was just rambling on and on and on. And I, I saw it right away. And the guy think- thanked me afterwards. The guy he, the emailed me and thanked me for stopping the conversation. And we still got the business. But um, I said, look, man, I saw I saw where you were going. I said, I saw you were disconnecting. He goes, man, I appreciate that because I was. He said it, he was just going on and on and on. Yeah, that is that is really cool. So for you to be able to read people, right? And that's what we have to do is is read that energy and those nonverbal sure. cues so that we can adapt and so that we can provide value. Because if someone's turned off, they're not listening, and you can't provide value. And so I'm I'm curious. Do you think the rep was just stuck in his pitch and the features that he was presenting, and he wasn't then present enough to pick up on these cues? 100%. He, we went, we went there for a specific thing and he, he spawned off into all these other things that he wanted to sell them and upsell them. And I told him, I, I said, listen, it's baby steps. Let's get a commitment from him on what we're here for. Let's worry about the other stuff afterwards. I said, you're swinging for the fences right out the gate. We don't even have a commitment for the first thing we're here for. And you're running off in all these other subjects. And as soon as you did that, I said, you lost his attention. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's a, that's a, you know, Body language is such a big thing that I'm glad you brought that up because people miss that a lot. They think it's all verbal uh, and you, it's, it's, you have to put it all you know, in place when you sit in front of somebody. And that's, that's one of the things as you do it more, as you know, you start to get comfortable with looking for all these markers and things. So, yeah. yeah I'm putting them into that contents, right? Context, right? So they say, oh, if I, you know, my eyes divert and I'm not looking at you, I'm lying. It's like, no, well, it has to be taken in the entire context of it. Uh, but right. yeah, someone's slouching, they're probably not going to make a decision. They're chilling. You know, if someone's listening intently, they're right up here. Um, they're listening, they're aware they, they want to make a decision. So it's, it's, yeah. that is important. What is your biggest pet peeve? With a customer? Yeah. Being late, like very late. And I, and I know that you have to give them that because they're the customer. Um, but, and, and it, it's even worse on our side. Like if you have a commitment with a customer, be, be early, don't even be on time, be early. I tell sales reps, I'm like, come on, don't show up late. But, you know, but I guess that's a pet peeve, but at the same time, that kind of goes in the sales world too, right? I mean, you could show up and be, have a meeting canceled at the last minute three times. You don't, you don't stop, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you don't quit calling on them. Um, I'd say that's one of my big, that maybe another one would be if, if you've, worked with somebody for a long time and given them everything you have and given them, they, they earn your trust and then they leave you over a dollar, right? They leave you over a bottom line number. Uh, that can kind of, in a way, irritate me because I know that for my clients, I gave them my best shot. I know nobody's going to work harder than me for them. Nobody, I know that they have my trust, everything I, I'm going to do as I say I do. And so, uh, but you know what the neat thing about that is, is when you do that and when you offer that to your customer, if they do leave you over a dollar, they almost always come back because they they don't get everything they got from you from somebody else. And that's something going back to my dad that he taught me. I lost one kind of early on and he said, give it a couple of months. They'll be back. And I, I'm kicking myself. I'm mad. I can't believe they left. He said, they'll be back. And he said six months. They were back in three because they didn't, you know, so, you know. But that is, it, it is frustrating when you just give somebody everything you have and you know you gave them that something that other people can't necessarily offer them. And they, like I said, they leave you over five bucks or something. So, but it happens just part of the industry, you know? Yeah. And you, you need to reflect, right? And reevaluate or like your dad said, excellent advice. Just give it some time to cool down. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when you have been in your experience working with new reps, are there three, like what are the three top things typically you would suggest to them to help them be successful? And I know that you earlier mentioned, you know, post-call notes. Um, is there anything pre-call that you do or any type of successful success habits that you should Sure. Share I mean, us? I think it's great to sit down and rehearse before you go in, you know, just do a little rehearsal of questions you're going to ask and how, how are you going to ask them? Um, kind of, I'll, I'll sometimes write down, are they going to throw me a curveball? You know, I, I try to learn the one thing a lot of people don't do that is very impressive is obviously, and to me, it just was like, well, duh, you would do that. But to go online and actually dig into that, their company and throw out, well, I see that you guys have been in business since 1967 and things like that. And it just shows them that you care. Right. But then, you know, so I, I would say, you know, dig in, rehearse a little bit with yourself. And then when you get in there, if you feel like your pants are on fire, it's falling apart. Don't panic, you know, right. <laughs> Don't just, just don't panic. You, you're going to probably get another shot or it's going to calm down. So just stay inside of your own skin, stay in your lane uh, and just sit back. And, and uh, you know, I, I've seen people get so flustered or panicked that, you know, the customer picks up on it and, you know, the deal is done before it even got started. So, and that's tough though. I mean, cold calling, that's, that's another subject. I mean, that's, it's tough. It, it takes, it takes a lot to walk into a, a person you've never seen before and make a cold call and I've seen, I've literally seen a six, five, 300 pound man shake like a little child at a, in a cold call, like literally, <laughs> I mean, it's intimidating. So. It's so funny. I love, and I think the element of surprise is something that I love about cold calling. You know, I look back and I think of this experience I had with a rep and we're making a call and right before we got in, there was some shrubbery in the front and I thought I heard a kitten. So I said, I think there's a kitten in the bush. You should, you know, you should tell her you should you know, look. So she kind of re rent, you know, bends over to look and she rips her pants and we look <laughs> at each other and I'm like, this is a really important appointment. Right. We're, pre <laughs> we're pressed for time. Yeah. Puts her jacket around her waist and, and we go in, but Jeff, tell me, have you had any kind of fun sales wild stories that, that you could share here? I'll, I'll keep it kind of PG, but I shared it on LinkedIn one time that I, I, um, I, I grabbed a burrito before a sales meeting from, um, and I went in and it was, it was pretty tough. Um, it felt like a hamster was two hamsters actually were having a fight inside of my stomach and I could, I could barely hold it together. And it was, it was a meeting. I, it, it was a meeting I've been waiting on. And, uh, I finally, at, at one point they, they were going to invite somebody else into the room. And I was like, this is my point I have to, like, I have to run out of here. I was like, well, look, when they were in the middle of that, it gave me two minutes to run out. And I thought I was going to, I felt like I was sweating. I don't know if I was uh, trying to concentrate. Uh, and look, I mean, I think the customer would probably understand if you had to excuse yourself, uh, <laughs> it worked out, but yeah, that was, uh, that was one that I always remember. Um, and I was with somebody else in the room. And when we got to the, he looked at me, he's like, man, you didn't look right. And when I told him, he's just dying and laughing. I said, dude, you have no idea what was going on there. I said, it was bad. It was a storm going on, brewing. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. but this is, this is what happens when we're in the field. Right. And sure. so these, and these are typically not the things you hear, you know, you hear the run of the mill vanilla stories, but like when you're out there and you're in front of customers and you're collaborating, Things are going to go down. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, 
like if you could push through it, like you said, and laugh afterwards, I mean, that's part of what makes it. And then if you, you know, the client, you can tell later. I told that client later on when I was comfortable enough, I, had, <laughs> I, I picked them up what happened and they love it. So yeah, things like that. It's great. That is awesome. So let me ask you a couple fun questions before sure. uh, we close today. Now, if you could play one song every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? Oh, wow. Uh, man, this is cheesy. Maybe Eye of the Tiger. I mean, I know that's <laughs> probably the worst. But I mean, I, I know that sounds cheesy. It takes me back to my basketball days in high school where we came out to that. I mean, or like an Eminem song or something like that, probably. No, yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. If you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, Jeff, what would it be? Not a burrito. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe a uh, boiled crawfish. I mean, that's a New Orleans thing, right? Um, it's a love of mine. We're actually going to do it this weekend here, but yes, I'd probably say that. Nice. And if you could have a conversation, like a cup of coffee or tea, sure, or even a cocktail with anybody living or dead, who would that be? Oh man, if I wasn't on the spot, I can I could have a whole list. Warren Buffett would be cool. Um, I, I like to have conversations, whether I agree with some people or not. If they're just interesting people, you know, even if they're controversial. I mean, not depending on you know, just controversial in business or whatever. Um, so like a like a Warren Buffett or. Um, Man, you put me on the spot. I'd probably say a Jimi Hendrix would be awesome. That would um, be cool. Yeah, that would be very cool. But uh, yeah, so I, I just, I, I love random conversations too. You sit down in an airport because your flight was delayed and you talk to somebody for three hours, you end up meeting somebody cool. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I'd have a long list if I had a minute to think about it. That's an excellent answer, Jeff. So where can our audience find you? What's the best way to connect with you and stay in touch with you? Uh, LinkedIn would probably be the best way. Um, you know, I put a lot of time in there last year. I haven't been on there too much the last two weeks, but you know, I try to keep it light and funny and offer some sales tips here and there and real life things, uh, to kind of tie it into place because it is a networking site at the end of the day. We, I don't like to keep it all business because that's what you do when you network, right? You talk about life and things that happen and splitting your pants and eating bad burritos. So I mean, that's what you do, you know? absolutely oh thank you so much jeff for your time i really appreciate it and thank you guys for tuning in uh you want to hear more about what's going to happen next week you can go ahead and check out my linkedin profile and we'll see you then thank you so Thanks much for having me it was fun